Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. Oh, man. I have no idea then what the focus or feature of midweek movie music is. I'm going to give it one more it's shot. It's not a biopic, so I'm, I'm a little lost after this other hint. Tarch, you got to... Is it Step Brothers? It is not. I will tell you, this okay. movie came out in 1992, mm. and this song got a resurgence because of the movie because it was featured so heavily in the movie. Or it was featured in one scene that was very popular. Oh, man. Yeah. Um, 1992? 1992. I was 12. I was 20. Mm. You got a better shot than me. I do not, because I promise you, I probably did not see this movie. <laughs> it's a comedy. Um, it's a comedy, too? It is a comedy. In 92? 92 comedy. Oh, man. I, I, I'm lost. I am. Give it to me. It is Wayne's World. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't have got that. Tia Carrera. Yeah. The one from Wayne's World. It was her birthday. Yeah, I was, I was, I was never Great go, soundtrack. I, yeah. uh, double platinum soundtrack. Yeah, a soundtrack might have been great. I, 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 was, I never got the comedy of Wayne's World. No, so I, I just, loved it back I, in the yeah, day. Yeah, it it's one of those things like I never got the comedy, so I never even wasted my time with it. <laughs> so I've never seen Wayne's World. Hey, all the way we got our long. listeners got it. Our yeah, listeners no, got it. It's good. I'm sure the soundtrack does sound awesome, but I never got into Wayne's World. I never got the comedy. so I. They sure con- did. Party on. Party yeah, on. Dang, I will, they did get this I thing. will confess, never, never watched it. Or, or part two. Swing. Never watched any yeah. of it. Yeah. I, I didn't spend the time watching it either, but everybody on my teams, they watched it. Some of them went to the movies to see it. Yeah. Didn't it start off as an SNL skit? Is yeah. That what it is? yeah. 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 But this yeah. was a scene. They're all in the car. Like the, okay. the, the guys are all in their little crappy car and they're all singing along to this and headbanging okay. and singing along. And so they re released a music video for it after this. And like it went back in the charts and it started to get radio play again. Bohemian I, Rhapsody. I do not feel as bad. About missing it now because I I wouldn't have ne- I couldn't associate with any scenes I've never seen. Yeah, like Foxy Lady more. was another one that Foxy Lady is okay. he's at a they're at a diner and they play Foxy Lady and Garth is Dana Carvey is going after a girl dancing to this. All right, it's good stuff. There you good go. Stuff. No, good job as always. The ideal you know we appreciate my man Patrick. And how long you said nineteen ninety two this week or something? No, it's Tia Carrera's birthday this uh, week. So uh, birthday. It's, it's the beginning okay. of the it's the beginning of the year. And not a lot of <laughs> movies to pull out with okay. good soundtracks. No, that's good because uh, I actually know Tia Carrera, but uh, yeah, never seen her. No. She was the the hottie in the yes, movie. She yes, was. Yes. Somebody said that her sister Tia Carrera's identical twin is also. A porn star. That just came to us on our text line. Well done. Yeah. That's what I'm talking about. That's a, Somebody, Craig, that's a Craig Wade nugget there. <laughs> exactly. That's not the only Craig He'll Wade drop would that know. one on you. Yeah. I uh, like that. By the Good way, job. I appreciate that. Tia Carreras. Wow. Sister twin is also 
a porn star. So you basically <laughs> you know how Tia Carrera looks yeah, like it too exactly. because of the porn for the porn star exactly. system. Exactly. That's unfortunate. See, was like, I didn't want people to see me like that, but not yeah. safe for work. Not safe for work. <laughs> yeah, don't be don't be researching here at the job. Go research it at the crib. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's get into these. Um, we'll get into some NFL headlines, kind of as we go through these NFL playoff scenarios, um, because they are man, they're they're crazy on both sides. So let's start with the NFC. Because the NFC is a little, I think, a little easier maybe to sort through, or maybe not. Uh, but the NFC, if you're looking at the uh, different scenarios for starting at the top, right, for that number one seed, uh, the Eagles are at the top right now, 13-3. They got to face uh, the Giants. I and mean, we don't know now if Brian Dabble is going to play his guys or rest his guys. They don't, they can't really improve their standing and their seating in the playoffs. Uh, but Brian Dabble recently, uh, he was asked about whether he would you know, rest his guys or he's going to play all of his guys. And he said that he was going to wait, wait till practice, uh, wait till after some evaluations in practice. And then they'll decide. He said, quote, we'll talk about it and do what's best for the team. It's early. We'll go out there and try to have a good week of practice and prepare like we normally do and then decide what we want to do relative to who's playing and who's not playing. Whatever we think is best for our team, that's what we'll end up doing. So we don't really know what that means. I think that means resting guys. Yeah. Because they, they can't improve their, their seating and their standings. That's exactly what it's about. It's about resting They're going to rest people. guys. Yeah. And other people are trying to figure out why would you rest them, keep yourself sharp, because that's where I think a lot of people get confused. Because if you're not one of those teams, because the Giants hadn't been in this situation before. It's, it's, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, you yeah. need to make sure that your guys are going in with the right mindset yeah. of – if you want to, this is the one thing that I've always had a problem with when people say that we're going to rest guys. Why not go out there and get a lead and then take your guys out? Because the NFL. Or go in there and play and, first half. Well, well, because you're playing the Eagles and you ain't going to get a lead. Yeah, so that's the main yeah. reason. I get, no, and that's, I think, part of it, which is a loser's mentality. But if you're not really thinking you're going to win a Super Bowl this year, your thought is hey, man, I don't want to put my guys out there and just get beat up. The week nothing. before the playoffs, and then have to go sit him back out there and be like, all right, forget that we're clearly not the best team in the playoffs. So they may – now that's not a winning mentality to win you a Super Bowl, but it could be a way to get you one win in the playoffs or try and get through one game to say, hey, man, let's just – let's not get blown out by the Eagles because they're playing for the number one seed. So they may come at us. But also, if it's Gardner Minshew, you got a shot. Oh, you got a shot. Shot of what? Um, but did you all not see what he did last week? I lose oh. again? Yeah, I'll lose yeah. again. Yeah, okay. <laughs> so yeah. Say, yeah, he, he yeah. right now they are at least they are debating, and I think they're considering playing Jalen Hurts. They're saying they believe Jalen Hurts is healthy enough to play, but they have not said one way or the other who's going to play. I think the Eagles m- may try to play Jalen Hurts to try to get that guarantee they get that number one seed because they don't really know how the Giants are going to come out if they're motivated to play in that game or not. Uh, but for the Eagles, they clinched the NFC East uh, division title with. A win or a Dallas loss. So they just need Dallas to lose versus um, Washington or Philly gets to win. Uh, they clinched the number one seed and home field advantage and the first round bye in the NFC. If they win and you get a Dallas loss combined with a San Francisco loss. Right. And San Francisco, pl- right now they play in Arizona, and I think they are a, 
almost a two touch, more than a two touchdown favorite, or something close. Yeah, to it's that. about a two touchdown. It's about favorite, a two yeah. touchdown favorite. And Kyler had yeah. he had successful surgery yesterday up in Dallas. Okay, he had it in Dallas. He's good to go with the uh, Cowboys surgeon because he's apparently right. like the top guy mm-hmm. or one of the top. Guys. So they took him to the Dallas Cowboys surgeon, but. You know, when you start looking at all these scenarios and who's going to get in and who's not and how it's all going to play out, the bottom line is you just got to go out there and play the game, no matter what. It does. And, Patrick, I agree with you. If you don't feel like you're going to win the Super Bowl and you want to rest people, that doesn't make sense to me at all. No, it's a losing I, no, no, mentality. No, I'm not saying Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that you brought yeah, that up as a, a losing yeah. mentality because here's the deal. Go out there, and if you're not a team that's going to do it, why are you sitting, guys? Go ahead and get everything out of them that you possibly can headed into next week. Saquon Barkley. I'm sure some of these guys have incentives in their contracts. Oh, I'm sure some of these guys don't have contracts next year and would really like to win another game. Would like to win another game and try to go out there and put something good on film. That's Mm. That's the thought process that I've been having is like, why not let these guys go out there and just ball out? Go play, man. You know, I'm with you on that. Uh, everybody's got a different mentality, but I'm, I'm with you. I want to go into uh, the, uh, the, the bye. Uh, sorry if I did get the bye. Right. But I want to go into the playoffs um, with as much momentum as I can because that, to me, is what it's all about, the team that's hot at the right time. And you cool yourself off purposefully right. um, when you decide, nah, we're going to rest, guys. We're not going to play. And you got that rust versus rest factor there, too. Yeah, well, and we also and talk not, about the 14 double-digit point favorites, right? They're at 14. They're a 14-point favorite. The, the Eagles are Eagles right are now. right now? A 14-point yeah. favorite. And, and, also, and, and but that, that scares you, too. I think the assumption by Vegas is that Jalen Hurts is going to play. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's also why that number and, is as And we'll not just say, Russ, this is take yourself out of the mindset you've been in of it's do or die every single week to get in this playoffs to play. You Once you take yourself out of that, yeah. It, it's, it's not a light switch. You can't just go, yeah. hey, man, we're every game exactly. matters so much. Oh, exactly. this game don't matter. We don't care. We're not going to play. Oh, next week, yeah. oh, this game's do or die. That's a real hard light switch to flip on and off. And if 80% of your team does it and 20 don't, you're probably going to lose. One yeah. thing to watch, though, in that uh, Phillies-Giants game, no matter what, what happens and who ends up starting, um, the Eagles are actually close to breaking the all-time team sack record. they got 68 sacks right now, most in the NFL by 16. Nobody's even close to them. Uh, fourth most sacks in NFL history and the most since 1989. If they get five sacks in that game, um, which if Daniel Jones starts, they won't get five sacks in that game, um, they could end up breaking the 84 Bears record of Ooh. 72. Yeah, 84 nice. Bears have the record, not the 85 Bears, uh, of 72. So keep keep an eye out for that, too. And people don't know this about the Giants, and this is why the Eagles will not get that record versus the Giants, especially if Daniel Jones starts. And I think Tyrod Taylor's the backup, so they both can move around a lot. Daniel Jones has over 700 rushing yards this year. 700 yeah. rushing yards. Think about that. And he scored Daniel a touchdown Fre- last week for man, me. Yes, I tell you, <laughs> people have been sleeping on it. You go look at the – Basically, the top running quarterbacks or dual threat quarterbacks in the league, there are three quarterbacks with 3,000-plus passing yards and 700-plus rushing yards. Those three quarterbacks are Jalen Hurts, Josh Allen, and Daniel freaking Jones. Hey, man, but where did Dabble come from? No. Josh Allen. Yeah. Like, he came from that style of offense of, hey, man, a mobile quarterback is very dangerous if you can use him right, and he's just trying to teach Daniel Jones to not be so turnover-prone 
and not make mistakes, but you're like, if you do it right, you can well, be really good. also encourages yeah. him to scramble, too, which yeah. a, lot of, a lot of offensive coordinators, they discourage scrambling. He loves his quarterbacks to scramble. Okay, getting back to the, uh, the seeding here, the scenarios. So San Fran uh, with the second seed here, they're trying to get the number one seed, home field advantage, and the bye, and they can do that with a win and a Philly loss. So if Philly loses and San Fran wins versus Arizona, they get the number one seat, mm-hmm. home field, and the buy, and they could use it because they got Debo uh, out dealing with an injury. Christian McCaffrey has like an ankle sprain now, really mild ankle sprain. So they're trying to get him back. Um, and when they if they get also Elijah Mitchell, uh, they're trying to wait on Elijah Mitchell to get back. Yep. So they really could use that buy. That'd be bad news for everybody in the NFC if that's the case. Ooh, yeah, it's ooh. bad. You don't want you don't want <laughs> San Fran to get that buy, right? Um, yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. the thing that that we have. You know, we've been talking about. How do you rank the teams in the NFC? I actually have moved San Francisco ahead of Philadelphia right now because of the fact that the way that defense is getting better, the offense seems to be playing really good football, mm-hmm. and I think the difference between uh, Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo is Jimmy got away from using Kittle. Now that – Brock Purdy's been in there. Yeah. It seems like Kittle's numbers are starting to go back up and back up again, and they're starting to make plays. So they're a dangerous, dangerous football team. We have been talking about where we would rank them throughout. I would put them ahead of Philly right now. Uh, no, uh, uh, yeah, because yeah, that defense it, it, yeah. is not a sieve. Like, although I, I although Jared, Jared Stidham, Stidham got him, Jared Stidham got did him. light him up, and we got to get some props to Josh McDaniels because. Josh McDaniels benched Derek Carr yep. and decided to start Jared Stidham his first start of the year versus the best defense in the league. The 49ers, prior to Jared Stidham lighting them up, had only allowed 16 passing touchdowns, and they had 15 interceptions uh, against those 16 passing touchdowns allowed and were only allowing an 82.3 passer rating. Yeah. Jared Stidham, 23 of 34, 365 yards, Three touchdowns. He did have two picks and a, but a 108 passer rating. Josh McDaniels, he saw it we couldn't see. And I think a lot of yeah. it is he likes the legs. He, he likes does. Stidham's legs. Yep. Just like we're talking about Brian Dabo and how he likes the legs of you know uh, Daniel, Daniel Jones, Jones and yep. likes to use it. And Josh Allen, too. He likes a quarterback that can move around and that's actually can be a part of the running game or something that can spark the run game. I'm not going to lie. Uh, between... Jared Stidham being able to keep plays alive and use his legs and also him throwing deep downfield, 20-plus yard throws downfield. Man, they lit the, the, the 49ers up on deep throws. He had eight explosive pass plays, and uh, a lot of those uh, were connected to play-action pass. At least half of them were play-action pass-related, and six of them were associated with pre-snap motion if there is a blueprint to try to replicate to attack the 49ers, it's going to be what the Raiders did. Yeah. Josh McDaniels, give him some he props. He set something up, and especially if you have an experienced quarterback that can execute that game plan, that mm-hmm. is going to be something to pay attention to as well. But let me ask you this. When you look at the 49ers and how they're set up, and you just talked about who's going to come back, possibly be back, and the way that they're starting to play, do you think they have enough to win it all? The 49ers? Yeah. 
Uh, yeah, my concern is Brock Purdy. I didn't, I know that's crazy to say because he's leading the NFL in passer rating since his first start. And he was good versus the Raiders. See, mm-hmm. 284 yards, two touchdowns, 95 passer rating. My concern is that he's, he's going to have that rookie moment. It's just going to come. It's just he's a rookie. It's, it yeah. happens to every rookie. Yep. Um, and I don't, I hope it doesn't come at the most inopportune time in the playoffs. Okay. It's a big time opponent. Okay. I know it's coming. Yeah. yeah. It hopefully, hopefully it comes come. next year. Hopefully it's next year <laughs> he starts to look, you know, kind of regress to the mean. This year, maybe, you know, he, they got him out starting at the right time because there's not a lot of film on him and people aren't familiar with his skill set just yet. Right. So, okay. I, I think, was just curious yeah. to that because of the enough, way it turned out. They are, I mean, they're, they're, they're just so deep. When they get all their pieces back, it's really hard to defend the most, posi- basically the positionless football uh, mentality of the 49ers. Just yeah. They got so many movable chess pieces. Uh, all right, getting to the uh, Dallas Cowboys. Dallas Cowboys, their scenario, we talked about it. Um, next opponent being Washington. Um, and Washington, oh, man, Hard, you sent that report. I have no idea what Riverboat Run's doing with the quarterback situation. And then he changed it again. He changed it again. He changed it snip, again. Snap, from snap, the- snap, 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 snap. <laughs> Come on, man, what are you doing? We, we, got, we got this morning – we got, oh, he's making a change. It's not going to be Carson Wentz. He's going to go with Taylor Heineke. And then by the time we walked in here today, they said they're going to go with Sam Howell. Are they, is he playing games with the people to try to get them? Almost? Dude, you didn't even know if your team had qualified or not qualified. Now you really – now you're <laughs> micromanaging the QB rotation? Oh, man. I'm, hey, as a Cowboy fan, I would have been more worried if they were going to play Tyler, Taylor Heineke. Yes. Oh, I, yes. Oh, man. Can you wait for the 30 for 30 on this Washington Commander season? Oh, you're right. With the Dan Snyder mm. stuff. And then you throw in uh, the, the, the Sean's uh, – what's his name? Sean uh, – the jersey thing they did. Oh, Sean, oh, Sean, yeah, Sean, Sean Taylor. Taylor. Sean Taylor. Yeah. Sean yeah. Taylor, that jersey, yep. to unveiling Major Tutty two games before the season's over for <laughs> oh, some reason. Oh, man. <laughs> like, just everything is going yeah. down. And then at the end, be like that. And then just have him at the end be like, well, you could be eliminated today. And he goes, oh, what? What? Yeah. Huh? Oh, really? What did oh, you yeah. say? He was genuinely, I mean, he was, he was genuinely surprised oh, by that. Yes. And that's uh, so all that. And then be like, well, I guess we'll play the rookie then. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and so I putting don't know. In, why he went, didn't Wentz have? What did he have? Three interceptions? How yeah, many, three. Three. He on his third pass, a third play of the game, he threw an interception. Like, come on! <laughs> How did Coach Rivera not know that? Come on, man! And I got a lot of respect. Like I, said, I played for Ron Rivera. Got a lot of respect for him. Think he's a hell of a coach. But um, yeah, he's. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what those. He made some really bad mistakes and co- dang coaching mistakes dang down the stretch of the season mistakes. that may have cost them a chance to make the playoffs. Yep, no doubt. They, they were in the mix there. Um, okay, let Cowboys real quick. Uh, Cowboys with a win and a Philadelphia loss, they can clinch the NFC East division title. Um, so, so we said they got the Washington Commanders coming up. Uh, they can get the number one seed, home field advantage, and the first round bye if they win. Philadelphia loses uh, versus the Giants, and San Francisco loses versus Arizona, which is uh, very unlikely. But very. Hey, we've seen some wild, crazy things happen uh, this year in the NFL. Uh, Seattle Seahawks. Um, they actually can clinch a playoff berth in the NFC with the win. Uh, they got the Rams, um, who are five and eleven, so they could easily get that win and a Green Bay loss. They need it. so that's they need that. They need Green a lot going on. Yeah, uh, Detroit. Uh, they can clinch a playoff berth with a win. They got the Green Bay Packers. It's going to be a good game, actually. Um, they actually flex that game to the uh, eight. 
a primetime game, I believe, on NBC. Um, so it's Green Bay um, hosting the Lions. And basically, if Green Bay wins, they're in. They clinch a, bl- a playoff berth. Mm-hmm. And Detroit Lions win. They also need a Seattle loss, if I'm not mistaken, as well. The Then Detroit would be in, too. So, here, so that's the NFC. That When I look at this, I so badly want the Detroit Lions to win. Oh, I want nice. them to win so bad. Me too. I am walking into this weekend too. looking and, and fancy, fancy boots. Fancy boots too. That's right. <laughs> I am looking into this Detroit Lions team, and I am praying because here's the deal. When you look at Aaron Rodgers and how he has been so smug the entire year, <laughs> and he's always telling everybody, I mean, look at what's in front of us. If we do this and this happens, and we do this, we're in. And that's all we need is a chance. He is going to be a prophet again if this happens. Damn right. You're damn right. You're right. Oh, my gosh. And he's going to be unbearable because you know exactly what he's going to do. I told you guys, just relax. I know this division inside and out. And here we are in the playoffs. Dang. I know. No, it, it, you're right. If they all they got to do is win. All they have all to they do, do is win, win their game, and they're they're um, a favorite, by the way. Yeah. at home against Detroit, and we didn't talk about Tampa Bay, but Tampa Bay is already locked in uh, to their spots, um, which is going to be against the Cowboys if the everything just stays simple. Yes, they are locked in right yeah. now. So if they basically if the Cowboys don't win the NFC East, mm-hmm. they're going to have to travel to Tampa Bay and play. Tom Brady, who they've never beaten since yeah. Tom Brady's become Tom effing Brady. Yeah, I mean, Father Tom's undefeated, but Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are really trying to fight that, aren't they? <laughs> oh, giving the middle finger to it the whole damn uh, way. No, we're still going to make the playoffs. How? <laughs> how? Right. I don't know how. Yeah, it's a, it, Both y'all should not be in the playoffs no, this year. Neither one of them should be. And you know what? I think it's a good chance one of them going to win a game. Right. That's yeah. a good chance. One, I don't know which That's one. what I'm saying. Like, like this Brady is or bad. Aaron Rodgers going to win. They're going to win a game because the Packers is playing really good football right now, their best football of the season. Yeah. And it's just Tom freaking Brady in the playoffs. And man. that is He's why it does and, not and Buck, feel and good And the Bucks defense me. is no joke. Bucks it's, defense is legit. Their offense is a joke, but their defense ain't hey, a joke. Mike Evans. <laughs> And lately, he's been, you're right, Mike Evans. Mike Evans, and I hate to tell you, Cowboys, he's going to line up against uh, across from Trayvon Diggs. He's going to look at Trayvon Diggs and run to the other side of the field. Run in motion, (laughs) set it up, and they're going to go the opposite way. Trayvon Diggs. Yeah, man. Uh, So, yeah, that's that's a little concerning if you're a Cowboys fan right now is that if you don't win the NFC East and everything doesn't work out that way, you are probably going to have to travel to Tampa Bay. Um, And also, we dropped the Giants. The Giants are also locked in. They can't really improve their standing, um, looks like, right now. In that in that six seed, so uh, that's the NFC. The AFC is a little uh, it's it's not that murky. Um, basically, the Chiefs can clinch the number one seed, home field, and a bye uh, with a win and plus a Bills loss. Um, and, and the reason it gets murky, of course, because the NFL has not really stated what they're going to do about the Bills and the Bengals. Um, uh, they, sure that. Yeah. So if you get two Bills losses, we don't know how they're going to what they're going to do about that uh, last game um, and a Bengals loss that would also help out the Chiefs uh, the Bills um, to get the um, basically to clinch uh, the number one seed they would get they need two wins of course we don't know what they're going to do about the Bengals game um, or a win um, 
considered a win versus the Bengals and a Chiefs loss of some kind. Uh, they got to play the Patriots uh, coming up too. Right. Um, and the Bengals can clinch uh, that top seed with two wins and a Chiefs loss. But of course, we don't know what they're going to do about their game versus the Bills. So whatever the NFL decides to do about that, it will have a, an effect on the the immediate standings and seedings for the AFC playoffs. Uh, AFC South title. This is going to be interesting, guys, because winner takes it. Uh, Jaguars win or tie versus the Titans. They clinch the AFC South. If the Titans um, win at the Jags, they're in. Yeah. Period. They win at the Jags, they're in. Um, AFC North title, uh, the Bengals clinch it with a win or a tie uh, versus the Bills or a win versus the the Ravens. Um, Isn't it if, if Seattle wins, they're in? Yes, yeah, that's what you said. They they're playing the Rams, and they're already Seah- they're sitting at number seven right now. If they win, there's no way they're getting jumped. Right? Seahawks clinch a playoff spot with a win versus the Rams, and Packers loss versus the oh, Lions. Oh, so the Packers so has they, to lose too. Yeah, they need a little help. Okay, um, yeah, because you got to think about how tiebreakers work. A three way tie is different than a two way tie. Yep, yep. And the the Lions and Packers are tied right now, so one of them will have to be eight and nine, and one of them will be nine and eight, yes. which didn't change the tiebreaker rules. Yeah. So weird, but a three-way tie. So they can be seven right now, but once it goes into a two-way tie, they have it against the Lions. They don't have it against the Packers. Yes, and the Lions clinch with a win at the Packers and Seahawks loss uh, versus or tie versus the Rams. Yeah. Um, and then we get to some of the other stuff, or a tie versus the Packers and the Seahawks. You don't want to get into all that, but trust I me. I don't. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, but there you go. That is a little NFL uh, playoff scenario stuff for you and throwing in some NFL news, notes, and nuggets in the process. All right, Harge, what you got for the people coming up on Harge? We're going to try this one more time. We're going to have Lifetime Longhorn <laughs> Brooks Kieschnick. He told me, I texted him, he said, I'm in a great place. It should be perfect to hear me. Oh, I can't we're gonna wait. T- we're going to have a conversation with him. To talk a little bit about the life and legacy of Coach Cliff Gustafson. All right, that's going to be fun. Legendary Lifetime Longhorn Brooks Keaton coming up next right here on Ball Don't Lie, 104.9 The Horn. Ladies and gentlemen, guys and dolls, the main event of the evening for your entertainment and pleasure. Mike, you have to be so combative. Yeah, I probably wouldn't say this in front of white folks. But in front of y'all, I'm going to speak my mouth. He has emotional anger issue problems. Hey, are you Dirty Mike and the boys? I'm Mike Lowry. Michael! Oh, that's funny. Michael! Welcome back to a midweek movie music edition of Ball Don't Lie. We found out that the movie was something that Rod and I, neither one of us had mm-hmm. actually spent the That's time. The first, to. too, I think. Yeah. The, most of us, most time, we've se- one of us has seen it. Right. Neither one of us has seen Wayne's World. Mm-mm. No. Swing. That's mm-hmm. what everybody was talking about. Yeah. But Patrick is always stumping us and giving mm-hmm. us a hard time, and he got us again with uh, Wayne's World. Uh, it's your boy Hardball Harge. You can follow me on Twitter at Hardball Harge. You can follow my man Rod Babers at Rod Babers. And you can follow the man behind the glass at It's Patrick Davis. And we also love it when you're a part of the show. And we love when you give us some of y'all's information. I see somebody's hit us up on the Specs text line telling Rod, Hey, Rod, I'm in the Fantasy Super Bowl with uh, Josh Allen going up against Joe Burrow. Ooh, don't ooh. don't look like that's going to work yeah. for you right um, now. Yeah. <laughs> no, not that. yeah, you might as well just charge that one to the game. Charge that one to the I game. I heard Chad was talking about this. I don't know what they're going to do. I think everybody's going to have to figure out their own rules and their own. And make some different yeah. ones up, right? To, well, the NFL is going to do it, too. 
Yep, for I mean, sure. the NFL is about to do something unprecedented when it comes to that Bills-Bengals game. We know they're not going to uh, play it this week, and they're not going to try to resolve it this week. And I don't see how they're going to try to impede on the week after that you can't. when they're getting ready for the playoffs. You can't crunch it all in. And you can't crunch it all in. You so can't. I'm assuming they're not going to. They're not going to play that game. I think they're going right to go now, by. My first mind is they're not playing that game. They're going to go by percentages. Win percentage, yeah. yeah, like and win percentages, yeah, something like that. And, and joining us right now on the Vaqueros Cafe and Cantina Hotline is somebody that we had on the show yesterday that sounded like he was crumbling up paper while he was driving <laughs> because of his location. But he's a lifetime Longhorn. He's in the Hall of Honor. He was inducted in 2005, and he also got the Dick Hauser Award not once but twice as the Collegiate Baseball's Player of the Year. He is one of the the ones that everybody looks at when they walk into the stadium. They see his name around there. He is one Brooks Kieschnick. What's up, Brooks? Hey, fellas. So good to be back on today. Sorry about yesterday. Yeah, I was just in a bad area. It's okay. No, it's it just right, sounded man. like you were crumbling paper and chewing on rocks. It's okay, man. It happens to the best of us. <laughs> no doubt. Hey, but the reason why we're calling you, obviously – you uh, made your mark at the University of Texas, and you were giving us the story yesterday about how you came to the University of Texas. You had opportunities to go elsewhere. You and I would have been in the same recruiting class. And Coach Gus decided, hey, man, if you want to come to the University of Texas, what you waiting on? That's right. So basically I was getting recruited real heavily by Mississippi State and uh, LSU. And uh, I was, you know, 50-50 between those two schools for a long time. And then I got the opportunity to talk to the great Ron Polk as well from Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. And uh, he was, you know, very, very uh, just gracious, just just a, just a phenomenal guy. I mean, just awesome. I mean, I got uh, birthday cards from him forever. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Even after I, I didn't go. But anyway, so I verbally committed there. And he goes, hey, we're in the regionals right now. And um, I like to sign all my players, so I'll be down there in two weeks to uh, sign you. I said, all right, great. You know, I'm all excited. I'm going to tell my mom I'm going to Mississippi State. And she's excited but also sad because it's, you know, in Mississippi. It's not in Texas, you know, right. somewhere. So anyway, lo and behold, a day or two later, Darren Gustafson calls. and goes, hey, uh, this is Darren Gustafson from the University of Texas. I'm like, hey, man, how's it going? He's like, hey, we, we you know, we want you to come on a trip. We want you to come to Texas. I'm like, Darren, I said, that's great. And I said, I really appreciate it. You know, it's been a you know, lifelong dream of mine to be a Longhorn. But I said, I'm verbally committed to Mississippi State. And he goes, we well, haven't signed anything yet, have you? I said, no, sir, but, you know, I, I, I'm going there. And, and, you know, I just, I really appreciate it. God, I wish you to call, you know, two days ago or what, you know. And he's like, well, I'm sorry to hear that, but, you know, good luck and, and, and you know, Mississippi State. I said, well, thank you very much. And I'm like, golly, you know, I can't believe Texas finally called. <laughs> well, about five minutes later, Coach Gus calls. And, of course, I'm running around my room trying to stay composed with him on the phone. You know, <laughs> and back in the day, you had the long cords. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I'm running around trying not to trip over my cord. <laughs> and uh, we get we get to talking. and he's telling me about the University of Texas and how he wants me to be a longhorn. I said, Coach Gus, you know, golly. It's such a you know an honor to talk to you and 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 you don't want me to come to Texas, but you know I'm I, I, I'm verbally committed. He goes, we well, haven't signed, so that, that doesn't mean anything. It just means that you you said you would go there, but uh, you know if you he goes, what if you're going to go buy a Cadillac Brooks and you walked into the Cadillac dealership and they go, hey, we got this 
Cadillac right here. We'll sell it to you for $20,000. And you go, yes, sir, I'll be there tomorrow to go buy that Cadillac. You walk down the road, and they're going to walk into another Cadillac dealership. Same exact car, everything. And they go, hey, we'll sell you this Cadillac for 15000 Which one are you going to buy? I said, well, Coach Gus, I'd probably buy the one for 15000 He goes, exactly. I'm offering you a better deal. You need to come to University of Texas. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <sir. laughs> and, and, they, and they flew down the next day to sign me. Wow. They didn't wait. They flew down the next day. <laughs> That's nice. outstanding. Fantastic. I love that. Yeah. That's great. Uh, hey, Bruce, let me ask you, uh, you know, because, you know, Coach Gus, I've heard uh, so many testimonials on these airways about all the great lessons that, you know, Coach Gus taught uh, his players and those lessons, you know, transcended baseball. And even to this day, they still use some of those lessons in their everyday like tr- pass down to their family members and to their other uh, kids and things of that nature. What lesson from Coach Gus um, did you take to heart and still to this day is something that you apply to, to everyday life? Well, I, I tell you the one thing that he instilled in me that, you know, when I first got there, I came actually came in two weeks late to school because I was playing the junior Olympic team in, uh, in uh, Cuba. So here I am two weeks, not only am I a late signee, but I'm two weeks late to school, scared to death. You know, I didn't know how this process worked. I didn't you know, have anybody in my family that ever went and played sports in college or anything like that. So I get there. I don't know if I'm supposed to redshirt, supposed to do this, supposed to do, you know, whatever it is. So we get there, enroll, go to go to the deal, and uh, you know go to the field and go start taking batting practice in the tunnel, which used to be uh, behind uh, the first base locker room. There's a tunnel back there we used to go hit. And I go in there and hit, and uh, Ty Harrington's throwing to me, and and I'm you know excited and nervous and you know, all this adrenaline, and I'm hitting really well in the cage or whatever. Lo and behold, I didn't know this until years later, but Ty, after that round of BP, he walked into Gus's office and he goes, hey, I found you a three-hole hitter. <laughs> but <laughs> with Coach Gus, he just he, he instilled in me a confidence I never knew I had. You know what I mean? I, I was always confident. I knew I, I could play. I knew this, that, and the other. But he, he made me feel like there was nobody that could get me out and there was nobody that could get a hit off me. That's the way he made me feel. And I, I still, to this day, I try to instill it in my kids and I try to – live that in my life like hey if i want to do something there's nobody that can stop me i don't care if we're playing you know badminton pickup sticks whatever ping pong whatever i i feel like i can beat anybody in the world at anything i do because of it coming to see and still with me yep yeah and that's what it that's what it's all about we're talking to lifetime longhorn uh brooks Kieschnick. and brooks you know <clears throat> every i told rod this yesterday um, all the stories that everyone's had and and being around Coach, Coach Gus and how he went about his business, um, no nonsense. There wasn't a lot of gray area, if any. And I always tell people, you know, people ask me all the time, Mike, did you regret not coming to the University of Texas? And I always say the one thing that I regret about not coming to the University of Texas, obviously being a teammate with you, but most importantly, getting a chance to live that life and and have those conversations with coach Gus about moving forward in life and what's going on with you and and taking a liking to you as an individual to help shape you into a man that you are today. And I know Rod just asked you that question, but give us some of the stories of how in the locker room or even in the dugout because those are some of the special moments that people don't really get to see. Because, yes, you, you had a great career at the university, but you also went through some struggles as well. 
So how did Coach Gus and 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 the staff kind of work with you to kind of right that ship, as we like to say? Well, well the meeting about Coach Gus was he he didn't yes he talked to us as a team, but he also talked to everybody individually. So he knew how to push everybody's button to get the best out of what they had, whether it was like challenging them to do this or you know praising them because we say hey, you can do this. It was he, he knew how to talk to people. I remember after my first fall, he talked. He, he, you know, I'm doing my one-on-one with him in his office, and he goes, "Well, you had a great fall. I'm, I'm very proud of you." I said, "Thank you, sir." And he goes, "Look, we only plan on you being here three years. You're going to be a first-round draft pick, and this is what we expect of you." And I'm like, "Of course, I'm in awe." I'm like, "Wait a minute. Do you think I'm going to be a first-round draft? You know, I, you, I didn't know. I didn't get drafted out of high school, right? You know what I mean? And here I am after one fall." at the University of Texas, hadn't even played a real game yet, and he's telling me in three years I'm going to be a first-round draft pick. You just got to go, holy cow, this guy believes in me so much, how I'm not going to let him down. You know what I mean? He, he, that's, that, that's the kind of thing he was able to get out, get out of you without even really knowing – or without me even knowing he was getting it out of me. Does that make sense? You know, he was, yep. he was so just – the way he talked to you and the words he used and, and the confidence – he was saying it in made you feel so unbelievable and that was in the fall so then fast forward to the first first few games of the spring i remember him taking me aside again and going if you don't quit playing like a freshman you're not going to play here i go i am a freshman you know? <laughs> so he, knew how, he knew how to push my buttons and get the best out of everything i could do you know what i mean and that was the beauty of coach gus as a whole and then you had you know, he had great assistants in Tommy Harmon and Darren Gustafson. And, mm-hmm. you know, we had Howard Bouchon. We had a bunch of great coaches. And, and those coaches all bought into what he was what he was selling, too. And the whole team did. When Coach Gus talked and he said, we're going to do this, we were going to do it. I mean, you know, scrimmage 18 innings a day or 20 innings a day. And, and it was just – so when we got into a game time, there was nothing we had not seen because we, we play games every day. You know what I mean? It wasn't. It wasn't like, "Hey, we're going to set up the situation." No, you lived them every day, and that was the beauty of Coach Gus. Uh, legendary lifetime Longhorn Brooks Keeson joining us right now on the Carol's Cafe and Cantina Hotline. Uh, you know, let me ask you about this current team uh, a little bit, uh, and ask you your thoughts on it, and you know where this team is headed in the current culture that's building with with Coach Pierce. Man, I love Coach Pierce. You know, so. Yeah, Following, I mean, look, Augie did an amazing job following a true icon legend with an icon legend in Augie himself, which was one of my dear and closest friends as well. Never played for him, but God, we were best friends for 20 plus years. You know what I mean? He he embraced us all. And then you have Coach Pierce following two absolute, you know, Mount Rushmore coaches of college baseball. I think he's done a fabulous job. I think he's going to continue to do a fabulous job. You know, he's been to College World Series already, you know, I think three times, uh, been to regionals, hosted regionals, and it's like, wow, you have followed two of the most well-known, iconic names in college baseball, and he's making his own name now, which I think is fabulous for him. I think, you know, you have shakeups all – I mean, you're going to have that throughout your career, right? Coaches – come coaches go and i think he is the you know people are buying into what he's selling as well and i think as long as they keep doing that and they keep getting those kids that are are willing to do that you're going to see some great things out of texas baseball for years to come that's what it's all about 
Before we let you go, Brooks, I just wanted to ask you, give us one of your favorite stories about Coach Gus. I mean, we've heard everybody talk about him coming in the locker room and you think whether you won or lost, you're going to be in there for at least 15 to 20 minutes because he's going to go through everything. You may have your greatest day and he's going to find something that uh, he needs to get, you need to get better at. So give us one of your favorite memories of the locker room with Coach Gus. Well, I'm going to give you a funny one. I love that. don't talk serious. I'm going to give you a funny one. <laughs> so when I got there as a freshman, you know, you have upperclassmen, they go, hey, and we we had just got through sweeping somebody in a series, and every time you'd sweep somebody in a series, everybody take all the change they had in their pocket and they threw it on the on the floor because we had the rubber floor back then. And after his speech, Coach Gus would go over there and pick up all the change. <laughs> he picked up everything, <laughs> dimes, quarters, nickels. It didn't matter. Coach Gus would go pick up every time we saw somebody. Everybody throw their change, and he'd go pick it up. Right. <laughs> so about I don't know halfway, midway through the season. Um, I can't remember exactly the teammate that did it, but he he glued a couple quarters to the floor. He's <laughs> 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 going around picking up all those chains, and he can't get these quarters up. I think he ended up going to get something to just scrape them up off the thing and get them out unglued. And we were dying laughing. It was just one of the funniest things I ever do. I mean, I was just, I mean, that's one of many, one of many great stories. And, um, I remember, I'll tell you one more quick one, real quick, if we have time. Yeah. I remember going out there, and all of a sudden, it, it we're, in the middle of a uh, inner squad scrimmage and three, you know, three outs were changing sides. And all of a sudden coach Gus walks and he stops and he's just looking up at the lights and we're like, what is he looking at? And he goes, Hey, little birdie, what you doing up there? (laughs) 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 I mean, he just had all these little one liners that, you know, he wasn't even trying to be funny. That was just him. Right. And uh, mm-hmm. probably, probably one of the toughest guys I've ever been around in my life. I remember, you know, you, you sit in the chair at the end of the dugout. I know it's iconic. Everybody could see it. You know, we, we went on third base. When the other team was hitting, he was on that, that chair. And I remember he's in uh, – so he's walking out to go coach third during a practice or maybe maybe BP or somebody walk out the field and somebody hooks one, hits him right in the face. He doesn't even fall around. He turns around, walks back in. Eddie Day patches up, and he walks right back out. It was unbelievable. I mean, that guy was just a, I mean, just a, a god. You know, he was just some something very, very special. I'm so glad to have known him. So glad to have him mentor me and make me into the man I am today. You are one of the ones that he molded, and you went on to be one of the best players in the history of this university. I know he was proud of you. And you can tell just by the genuineness of everyone that was around him that always had something nice to say. You knew exactly where he stood. You stood with him, and that's the sign of a good man, and that's what everybody is recognizing. Brooks, man, we appreciate you jumping on with us, and we're thankful that uh, you were able to get on with us today and share some of your favorite moments with Coach Gus. Absolutely, fellas. Thank you all for having me on, and I want to say I love you, Coach. Yeah, appreciate that, bro. And we'll have you we'll have you on again when the season starts as well, brother. Let's do it. All right. There he is, Brooks Kieschnitt, one of the legendary lifetime Mm -hmm. Longhorns that has done amazing, amazing things. And you heard it. He said it. He wasn't even drafted out of high school. And then he went on to be a first round pick, number ten overall. And Coach Gus told him, You will be a first round draft pick. But hey, 
Don't be out here playing like no freshman. <laughs> <laughs> but I am a freshman. That don't mean don't you matter. can play like one. Exactly. You can be a freshman, you ain't got to play like a freshman. Exactly. No. I like exactly. that. Uh, great stuff from Bruce Keishnick. We'll get that posted uh, for everybody who may have missed it or caught it uh, at the tail end or caught it right in the middle. So good stuff there. Uh, all right, we come back. We got off the record. It's the uh, return of the Mac. We'll get into that a little bit. Come on. And also the queen of OnlyFans claims that she's huh? only taking a shower like three times a month. And something's working for. We'll get into that when we come back right here on Ball Don't Lie, 1049 The Horn. DD Mega Doo Doo. I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a brain bag comb. Congratulations. Continue good sex in the sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of. Off the record. Do it live. I can. I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 1049 The Horn Time for another edition of Off the Record. And uh, it's the return of the Mac gentleman, uh, Mattress Mac, that is. Um, he is now betting, once again, big bucks, $1.5 million on the TCU Horn Frogs to pull off the upset. I believe right now they're like a 12-point underdog. Uh, I think that number has fluctuated back and forth depending on what book you're looking at. But if Mattress Mac, if Mattress Mac uh, indeed uh, gets his way and TCU pulls off the upset, he would net $5.5 million. He's like Bone Crusher. He ain't never scared. Man. And he always, mm. you know, hedges. You got to be able to hedge every once in a while. You Smart know man. what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. He'll, he understands where it's at. He, even when he loses, he actually wins. Yes. And even when he some wins, you know, uh, big, he just wins even bigger when he does win. Because no doubt. that means. But when he loses, he actually kind of, you know, hedges that bet based on the sales that he has there in H-Town. And he does a really good job. He's a smart businessman. But Mattress Mac, once again, putting up big money this time for the TCU Horn Frogs. Twelve and a half on your side, at my bookie. I wonder, I, right now I feel like TCU can keep it within that number. I'm, I am already on TCU at that number. Right, that's a big number, yeah. man. That's a big that's, number. Especially for a national championship game with a lot that's riding on it, yeah. preparation, mm-hmm. and we saw what both of these defenses weren't able to do. Very true. <laughs> that's true. Yeah, you, you mean, know, you're talking about a defense. Georgia's considered the best defense in the league. I'm sorry, in the league, but in the country. And yep. they gave up, what, almost 800 yards 800. passing in the last two games? 800. Come on, man. Yeah, I'm that's with a, you on that. That's right. That's I'm a, with you on that. They gave up a lot of yards passing. Okay, uh, let's get to this other story because I, I, I'm not on OnlyFans a lot. I'm not just saying I'm not on OnlyFans, and I am, but I, I'm not on venture into the world very much. But I understand uh, you can make a lot of money on a OnlyFans. Lots these of days. money. A lot of straight. Honestly, I might need to get on OnlyFans. Yeah. All right? I've, <laughs> I've mentioned it to my wife and talked about how people can get it on OnlyFans. You wear a mask, you cover up <laughs> anything that needs to be covered up, and then you can get on there and make some good money on OnlyFans. So it has been discussed in the Babers household. She has not signed off on it. I doubt she will. Um, but. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, she won't. I can't but, even deal with you. Dog. You do this trick? You know, I understand. Oh, trust me, I do. I'm in decent. Just see, so these people, they're not even in good shape, right? right? Yeah. I make ten thousand dollars a month. <laughs> on only, I'm like you. If you're making ten thousand dollars, man, your boy can clean up. What? 
Come on, man. Yeah, yeah boy. <laughs> For real. I know I got to do some, some freaky stuff on there. I understand that. You know, you got to oh give requests God. and stuff. And I, I'm, you know, depending on how much money they had, I might be willing to do that stuff. Might, you know, I wear the mask anyway. I'm saying. Yeah. Patrick. Hey, that's a drop, dude. I'm, no, I'm telling the truth. It's oh, I know you go. How about this? I know you serious. Is, her name is Ayella, I believe. Yeah. Um, she's OnlyFans' top-grossing star in 2022. She brings in a hundred thousand dollars monthly. Okay, this woman's a millionaire mm-hmm. of OnlyFans. Uh, she recently wrote up, and I sent you guys these uh, yeah. these tweets from her. She recently like listed like her yearly activities, like basically what her yearly activities consist of. Uh, she claims that in 2022 she only showered 37 times. That's what she what? claims. I don't know. That's some freaky OnlyFans stuff. But she says she listed all of her activities. He said, uh, "Image in my movie said here's the number for how many times I blank this year," and she said, "I showered 37 times." She didn't say bathe either on this, so it's not a no. bathe. Basically, I'm assuming she only showered 30 times, which is basically twice a month. Mm, mm, mm. It's, that seems three times a month. Sorry, three times a month. At best. Three times a month. <laughs> so three times a month she's showering. Wow. I mean, how's that? So that's like, you know, every, what, eight, nine days? Or something. It just doesn't even like, make it, sense. Like over the holidays, there'll be a point where you're like, man, I'm not doing anything for three days. And like day two, I'm like, I got to take a shower. That's, yeah, that's like day sure. two, I'm like already at the point of, oh, man, I smell. And like, I don't feel good. I gotta refresh. That's like day two. Hey, I'm just telling you, like this is what she said. This is what she claims. This is her. Wow. So there you go. I just don't see it, bro. Man, that is gonna be bad when OnlyFans get to smelling when they she, get that. That's through the smell. Yeah, she actually. She wrote the number of times she went number two and on here too. She Who writes deep. this down? She said she kept up with it 194 times. She said she only went outside 222 <laughs> times all year. That to me is disturbing. So, so what hey, we're saying is you only went outside twenty two times. So, so what we're all saying year. is this woman's a liar. I because there's no way in a year she said she had sex sixty three times. But all of these numbers seem like something that I could believe in a month. <laughs> like a, a two months, like two months, I'd be like, oh yeah, yeah, two three months, I get those numbers, and still the shower is not good for three months. But it's, it's still it's, I, we'll go outside. 222 times is still pretty disturbing. No, that's uh, what I'm saying. Yeah, that no, is no, ridiculously low. It, it, also, it, there's no way it's true. It probably is not true. She just makes a lot of money on OnlyFans. And yeah, she makes a lot of money lying. She makes a she lot, lot of money, money. on OnlyFans. Hey, you know what? Fans. Then I would have gone there and become a liar then. If she's making $100,000 <laughs> yeah, a year yeah. lying on OnlyFans. Hey, but she does a lot more than, you know. Yeah, I was going to say her lifestyle is a little bit different <laughs> for sure. Well, I mean, uh, what's her Uber Eats bill if she going? She don't leave the house? <laughs> <laughs> well, she's making $100,000 a month. And it doesn't matter. It, it don't matter what her bill <laughs> looks like. Because <laughs> she getting them dollar bills. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. But apparently not much because she, she ain't pooping, but like once every three days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, All my right, goodness. there you go. A little off the record. We'll come back. We'll talk Texas basketball. And yeah, speaking of an ish show, we'll Ooh. get into that on the other side right here. Obaldo Lyle, 1049 The Horn.